Hello, welcome back to the Spiritually Armored Podcast, where we'd like to talk about Bible things in a modern world. Today we are talking about the armor of God. Last time we spoke about verses 11 through 13, and now we're going to talk about verse 14, labeling the first piece of the gospel armor, which is the belt of truth. All right. So let's start it off by reading what Paul tells us about the gospel armor. And I'll read this. Ephesians six fourteen. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. All right. So here's the first piece of the gospel armor. It's uh, sometimes labeled as having girded your waist with the truth, or sometimes it's labeled as the belt of truth. Uh, Devin. Yes. It's the clothing question for you. Okay. All right. Do you have any sort of belt brand that you prefer? Yes, I uh, I typically go with Hagar or Levi's. Or Levi's. Yeah. All right. So when you picture a belt today, what do you generally picture? Uh, a piece of leather that you put around your waist. Well, for men... Typically, and I guess women in some cases, typically weave it through your belt loops, and then you buckle in in the front. And sometimes it's for fashion, sometimes it's to keep your pants up. Um, but that's what I think about. Yeah, yeah. I think most people think of some sort of strap that's leather generally, mm-hmm. or it's some sort of uh, braided strap, you know, to keep their pants from falling down. Sure. And, uh, we think about belts, and belts are kind of for two purposes today, generally. One, it's for fashion. Mm-hmm. You think about uh, wearing a belt with trousers. I mean, you're always going to wear a belt to make yourself look good. It right. always irritates me when I see people with a button-up shirt and a tie, <laughs> and they don't have a belt. Yeah, yeah I think it's nonsense. Uh, also, women today will wear a what's called a statement belt. I heard this from our female sources. All right, <laughs> a statement belt uh, with their dress or tops or even their uh, high waisted pants. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also used for fashion. And you you mentioned that, right? Uh, the people that always come to my mind that wear a belt for fashion is professional bull riders. Mm-hmm. They always wear it to show what they do, and to kind of take pride in what they have done. Right. And then uh, another another group of people that comes to mind is like professional wrestlers mm-hmm. that do it. They always like to wear that big belt. Yeah. It's, it's a fashion statement. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, but also, think about it too. Our military wears duty belts today, mm-hmm. and they serve a specific pur- purpose, and it's for function and for utility. Uh the belts that they have today, they can uh, carry gear and ammo. Uh, I know that they can be used for, uh, or at least helping for repelling mm-hmm. or keeping themselves in a rotary uh, aircraft while in the sky because mm-hmm. you can hook up something to your belt to make sure you don't fall out. Right. And then at the same time, too, uh, a lot of these rigging belts that are made, they are made in a way that you can use them as you know a tourniquet, so for, so for a source of uh, first aid. So they're they're very useful, mm-hmm. uh, but I want us to think about the Roman soldier, and that's what 
Paul probably was picturing during that time. And that's the that's what the people during Paul's time would have been thinking of when it came to uh, a soldier. Sure, Uh, Roman soldiers wore belts, and uh, they served a function for them on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. Now we know that men generally wore tunics in the Roman army. However, though that belt was used to actually bring uh, the longer portion of that garment up to their waist so they could tie it off. Mm-hmm. That way, they can be ready to maneuver. They can get out of a situation quickly. They can run. They can do something quickly. And it's almost, it almost set them up like a uh, like a kilt, if that makes any sense. Sure. Or yeah. shorts. Yeah. Uh, so it just gave them that opportunity to uh, not be, that, that would not be a tripping hazard. Mm-hmm. We don't want that on the battlefield. Right. And you think about this too. The belt was brought, uh, brought the breastplate closer to the body, to the abdomen. Mm. And when they put on that breastplate, a lot of it was on their shoulders while carrying it. But when they had that belt on, it brought it closer to their abdomen, so it kind of relieved some of the stress on the shoulders and actually gave a whole lot more uh, mobility for the arms to move so they can use their weapons properly too. Okay. And that <clears throat> something else that is worth mentioning is they use their belt to carry their weapon, just mm-hmm. like our military in the U.S. Does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when you look at this, it it's really easy to see how important that belt was for the Roman soldiers. You could, if you don't have the belt, it's very hard for them to move. It's not a very efficient uniform. And it just... That belt really brings their armor together. Yeah. So it's important to for us to understand the concept that Paul is trying to illustrate here with the belt of truth, because it shows the significance of truth. Right. And I I, I don't think I should say that I think Paul purposely listed this as the first uh, piece of armor. Okay. And I think it's because of truth. And the think about Christianity is based off of truth, right? Uh, A couple verses I want us to think about: First Peter chapter one and verse twenty-two. We obeyed the gospel because of truth. It says, "Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart." Also, think about this, Devin. We stand for the gospel because of the truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. And then, at the same time, we do not have doubts as a Christian in the sense who God is and what we stand for because of the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, John chapter 1 and verse 14 is talking about the Word, as we know is the second person of the Godhead, who is Jesus Christ. And it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. Another verse is 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in, in him 
who is true, and his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So the Bible is saying right here, truth originates from God. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting as well that the Bible... Bible is always trying to tell us this. Right. Uh, you think about Psalms. Psalms chapter 119 and verse 160. I love this verse. Verse, the sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Uh, that word right there. Someone could read this and think, well, you just said the sum of your word, as in just, that's just a little bit. Right. No, that word is spelled out, S-U-M, not S-O-M-E, is saying the entirety, the entirety of your word, God, is true because Mm -hmm. it comes from you. Right. And also, think about this, too. If we don't have the truth first, everything else we do, it will be vain. Absolutely. And this reminds me of Apollos in Acts chapter 18, verses 24 through 26. And that reads... Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained him the way of God more accurately. So we saw that he's an eloquent man, and what I really think is important for this context that we're talking about is he was mighty in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was a preaching man. Yeah, exactly. He was a preacher who knew the scriptures well. Mm-hmm. However, well, let me say this first. He spoke and he taught diligently about the things concerning the Lord. So mighty in the scriptures, he speaks well spoke and taught diligently about the things of the Lord. Right. But here's the only the important part. He only knew the baptism of John. The question here would be if truth is subjective or up to anyone else whoever decides they want to make truth, what's wrong with Apollos teaching John's baptism? Right. As long as he's sincere, what's the problem? Right. But there's even more evidence of an objective truth. And that's Aquila and Priscilla came and taught him the way of God more accurately. Yes, Apollos was sincere. Yes, he was a very effective teacher. However, he wasn't teaching the full truth. He needed to know the accurate truth. And that just shows that without truth first, it's hard, I would even say impossible, to be an effective disciple of Christ. (laughs) Absolutely. And you think about it, one of the major issues that we're facing in today's time is what actually is truth. And you think about this, when Pilate was before Jesus, he asked Jesus, what is truth? He Mm -hmm. asked that question in John chapter 18. Uh, And when I'm at work, I I try to have conversations about the Bible with uh, many co-workers and Usually, it's it's the same thing that comes up. Is like, how do you know blank? You know, well, how do you know this is the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I believe in this to be the truth. Right. Uh, and it seems like we have a culture today that is eager to ask questions, 
and to give their own personal opinions, but it seems that they don't want to do any research on their own to try Mm -hmm. to find the truth. Instead, they just want to make up their own truth. That way, they don't have to look for the correct answer. Yeah, and on that same point, I've heard, I've had many studies with people where, well, this is my truth, or, you know, regarding the Bible, they'd say, well, this is the interpretation, this is my interpretation of the truth. This is what I believe the truth to mean. Mm Mm-hmm. But those beliefs aren't supported by the Bible, and they're not sufficient for Christians. Right. They're just not. Uh, for example, John fourteen six, and Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Yeah, it's almost like he's saying that he is the standard. Exactly. He is the truth. The truth. That word, the, means there is one truth. Hmm. But... What does it mean that Jesus is the truth? Well, Acts chapter 17, verse 30. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all now declaring to men that all everywhere should repent. So Jesus is the answer to our ignorance. Right. We don't have an excuse for ignorance because Jesus is the truth for us today. And it's again, ignorance there was a time where it was a valid excuse, if you want to call it that, but no longer is it an, is it an excuse because we have the truth. Right, and I want to make a point to that because Jesus has been revealed to us, mm-hmm. and He has revealed everything that we need to know. Of course, He uh, He's He's helped reveal it through the Holy Spirit, who's God as well. Right, but as we know, the Scripture says He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So there's no excuse for us to not know the truth if he's revealed all things. Mm-hmm. That's right. So the question that I want to kind of lead into is what does the belt of truth do for us? We've talked about truth up to this point and why we know there's only one. But what does girding ourselves, girding our loins with the belt of truth do for us? When we put on that belt of truth, we walk in truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been commanded by God to walk in that truth. It will bring edification to our brethren. But most importantly, we'll be in Christ if we walk in the truth. Yeah. And I think about what what Jesus said about the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, John chapter 8, 31 through 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my words. Okay. We know, we know Jesus says, sanctify him through thy truth. Your word's truth, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, he says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, mm-hmm. and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Right. It will set you free from your sins. Yeah. And let me just say this. If you're if you're at this point and listening to this and you're not convinced, I, go read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Mm-hmm. It'll take you 30 minutes, maybe an hour. Go read through it. Take your time you'll find that there is no other way to walk but in one truth, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Last time we came together, we we spoke on the podcast about the significance of the armor of God Mm -hmm. and why do we wear it. And the reason we wear it is so we can stand against the wiles of the devil, the devices, the schemes of the devil. And... One of Satan's first and common devices that he uses 
is to twist the truth and to make it into a lie. Mm-hmm. And he's still doing it today. And he's doing a good job at it. You know why? Because people are following him. Right. And so and he's done it in multiple different ways. Uh, here's some common things that I hear. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter what church you're a part of. Or it doesn't matter how I worship God as long as I'm doing it the way that feels best to me. Or have you ever heard of God cares more about my happiness than he does obedience? Mm. I've heard that one a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, All I have to do is be a good person. That's it. As long as I'm a good person by by whose standards, though? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, All I need to do is just be that spiritual person. Uh, Forget all the religious part of it. Mm. Or give me Jesus, but I don't need the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big one today because of the sexual promiscu- promiscuity. Pro- man, that's a hard word. <laughs> a big OP word. Uh, <laughs> I can I, I can give in to my sexual desires because I'm the one who's been wronged, or I'm in a situation that I can't control myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think about it from the very beginning. Satan has used a lie. To tempt man. And that's what he did to Adam and Eve. And what happened? It caused them to be spiritually separated from God. And once we believe the lie too, guess what? We've been spiritually separated from God. And they all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, And Jesus talks about Satan. And he says in John chapter 8 verse 44, You are of your father the devil. I mean, wow, what an insult. Mm-hmm. What an insult. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. I mean, that's... Mm. That's straight up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, you know, we see that, that phrase, the truth. Uh, that's just, that's another scripture with more evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to take from this, though, that the word of God is the truth, and it's not up for our own interpretation. And uh, Jeremiah, I wasn't going to read these verses, but I think it's it's very appropriate that we read these. Second Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Yeah. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And then I also want to read Second Peter chapter 1. Verses 20 and 21. And it reads, But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Mm-hmm. Second Peter here is speaking strictly about prophecy. However, we know the prophets were inspired by God to right. make those prophecies. The entire Bible was written by the inspiration of God. 
So that means everything written by the inspiration of God is not up, not up for our own interpretation. And we can we need to take that and remember that and really study this Bible so that we can learn the truth. Yeah, and, and it just lets you know that these men, when they spoke, they didn't speak their own truth that they developed on their own. That's right. Uh, it all came from God, all of it. And it's preserved the same way as they spoke it from God. Mm-hmm. So there's no deviation. It's what God said. That's it. Right. Yeah, and uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but truth is the beginning of the Christian's walk. Mm-hmm. We obey the gospel because we learned the truth. And without truth, we will be lost. Absolutely. We don't have a hope of heaven without truth. We could be as sincere as we possibly could be. Just like Apollos. He was wrong. He was sincere, but he was also wrong. And I think we need to understand this, that Satan wants to twist the truth. He wants us to believe a lie. Mm -hmm. That way, we have an open spot of vulnerability, and he's going to attack it. Right. And if that spot is open, we cannot stand against his attacks. We right. can't. Yeah. Well, that's all I've got. I don't. Do you have any other comments? Read your Bible. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Read your Bible. So, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, hopefully, Lord willing, we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode. But in the meantime, if you have any questions or comments or anything to add. Please reach out to us at be spiritually armored uh, be spiritually armored at gmail.com be spiritually armored at gmail.com and you can also watch this podcast at anywhere you get your podcast leave 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 whatever comments or reviews anything any feedback you have for us please do all right catch you later